This right here is the Twiblerity. You are now listening to Twib FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally, I'm finally me. Finally, I'm finally free. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Tonight, we have a special guest, actress, filmmaker, Reagan Gomez, to come on and talk to us about her new project called Surviving the Dead, and also just talking about representation and representation specifically among black women in the sci-fi fantasy genre. Um, So before we get to our guests, we have our special co-hosts, both LaTanya and DeLay on the show with us to ask Reagan questions. And if you have questions for Reagan, feel free to do a couple of things. You can jump into the hashtag. It's BGM Podcast. That puts you into the timeline with several other Twitter followers, and you can pretty much ask questions there or leave your comments there. Or you can give us a call here. Our phone number is 718-404-9320. And you can also go to the twib.fm forward slash live link. That'll take you into the chat room, and you can chat with other Twib users through there. So before I introduce our co-host, just want to make a couple of announcements. Congrats to the winners uh, for the last couple of weeks. We ran two giveaways. One was for Magic Jack Go product. Um, So thank you for all of you guys that went ahead and participated in that and the winners of that contest. And then we had another contest for Key and Peele. So congratulations to the three winners on the Key and Peele giveaway. So make sure you always uh, check in with us via Twitter. Black Girl Nerds is the Twitter account. And also go to blackgirlnerds.com if you haven't done so already. Bookmark that site. Always love to do giveaways from time to time. And that way you'll be kept up to date when you sign up for our updates and newsletters. And also we have blog ads. Blog ads allows you to advertise products, content, whatever you like to your own desire. You can advertise that on the right sidebar of the website. So make sure you check that out and all of the proceeds help to support uh, the Black Girl Nerds podcast, support the website, and all of the activities and events that we do throughout the year. So thank you for your continued support. And also thank you for purchasing products on Zazzle.com forward slash Blurdgasm. We always appreciate um, you wearing the merchandise and showing off your BGN swag. So thank you for that. So I'll go ahead and toss the virtual mic over to our co-hosts. Our co-hosts tonight are LaTanya and DeLay. So in that order, go ahead and introduce yourselves, where you're from, anything that you're currently up to, any kind of current projects that you're working on. Hello, I'm LaTanya. Um, I run sprinklesandbooze.com. I am a stylist and designer of many events and life things. And it's been kind of crazy because the holidays are coming up. So I'm doing a lot of... um, a lot of pop-up shops, a lot of parties, and I'm constantly covered in paint or glitter, and that's been fun. Um, I also contribute on Black Girl Nerds, and I am from Connecticut. I guess that's my intro. 
Okay, well, um, I'm Dele Adams. I'm a contributing writer for geekmundo.net, an avid fan of BGN. I'm what I'm up to. I'm up to about five, six, and enjoying geeky fatherhood. In a nutshell. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So I'm going to introduce our guest, Reagan Gomez. Reagan Gomez is an actress and writer known for The Parenthood, The Cleveland Show, and Jerry Maguire. Reagan currently raised $10,205 for her project, Surviving the Dead. She actually went over the amount that she was asking for. Surviving the Dead is a about a mysterious flu that takes over the city, and Shayla is forced to flee with her younger sister, Lucy. They soon discover that the virus is a lot more than anyone could have ever imagined. Please welcome Reagan Gomez to the show. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for coming on. What My first question to you is, what inspired you to launch this web series, uh, Surviving the Dead? Well, this is actually my second web series. Um, I've been an actress in Hollywood for about 20, it'll be 20 years this year. We did the first season of The Parenthood in 1994. I was 14 years old, straight off the Greyhound bus from Philly. Um, <laughs> so I've been in the business for a very long time. So going from being a child actor to a young woman to a grown-ass black woman in Hollywood, I've you know noticed the lack of quality roles for women of color and particularly for black women and I just love the sci-fi genre I love the thriller genre I love the horror genre and I feel like we are really underrepresented in these genres but we're so supportive and and we love these genres so I had to get into it with my second web series my first web series was kind of music based and it was more um I guess it was actually based on my real family. So this this show is a total, uh, you know, it's 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 totally different from my my first web series, and I'm really excited about it. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I love The Walking Dead and 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 anything horror and any anything sci-fi. So this was like a perfect fit for for me, and I'm really excited about it. Were, was there anything, because I noticed you, you do tweet uh, The Walking Dead every week, <laughs> along with me. It's the first season. The first season I've been tweeting The Walking Dead live, yeah. Nice, nice. I, I love The Walking Dead myself, big fan. Did the show inspire you to create this series, or were you always a fan of that subgenre of horror? I was always a fan of the subgenre and and the the larger uh, sci-fi and and thriller genre. Um, I've always been been a fan. When I was I'm I'm an '80s baby, and the, one of the first memories I can remember of watching movies was my dad playing us the making of Thriller, just over and over and over. And me and my brother would sit there and watch the making of Thriller over and over. Actually, this past Halloween, I made my kids watch it on uh youtube but just the you know the the scary factor and then seeing how they turn michael jackson into the wolf and how they turned him into the zombie and the casting and all, i was just i loved it i loved it and i've literally been a fan ever since then so i've always loved the the horror genre and before I had my kids like when I first got with my husband when he was my boyfriend back in the day I used to make him we, every Friday we would go to Blockbuster when there was a Blockbuster and just buy <laughs> tons and tons of horror movies and he's like who is this crazy girl that I'm with but this is what I was into totally and every Halloween you know this is what I look forward to AMC or whatever channel playing 
you know, Freddy or, or Halloween or Friday the 13th or the omen or whatever. Like, this is what I look forward to. I have to like lock my doors to make sure my kids don't barge in on some like horrific scene, but this is like, I'm, I'm into this kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be able to do this. All right, Delay, I'm going to toss it to you for your questions. All right. Um, Reagan, the main character, Shayla in Surviving the Dead, uh, she yes. throws several Hollywood tropes under the bus, which I'm glad for. A black woman being the hero, chief among them. Can you tell us about the impetus to write this particular heroine? All of, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, well, well, all of my shows that I do on my YouTube channel are going to star women of color, and they're, they're going to be the stars. So in, the, in this particular show, the star would be the hero of, of the show. And since we're doing a show about, you know, zombies or infected people or whatever, you know, our star is going to not only be the hero of the show, but she's going to be, I guess, the, uh, the hero and the protector for her younger sister, which I don't want to give too much away, but her younger sister is very kind of, she's, her, she's very powerful. I don't want to give too much away, but their father is a scientist who worked for the government, um, and he's been preparing for the day of the outbreak of this mysterious vi virus. And, uh, you know, our, our, our star is going to be kicking ass, and not only our star, but our two stars, because her younger sister, Lucy, is also the star of the show, and we've never seen that before. I think Michonne for The Walking Dead was kind of like... Uh, oh shit moment for everyone like oh shit this amazing black woman is kicking ass unapologetically and we love her for it that that was kind of a breakthrough moment for everyone that black women could be heroes and could be kicking ass so um that's what you know our character is going to be and i don't want it to be just specific for the walking dead or for surviving the dead like we women we kick ass on the regular basis like mm -hmm. so we need to be seeing these images all the time and especially for lucy's character lucy is going to be we're actually casting her now she's going to be 12 to 14 years old and we have never seen a young black girl kicking ass the way lucy's going to be kicking ass on tv before and i'm like well why not we need to make this a thing that's happening so that's what i'm trying to do I love that. I love that. Um, the other question I had for you kind of got answered um, just now, but I'm wondering, you know, Shayla's profession, she's a nurse. Um, she's, a, that, she's, a, she's a doctor, yes. Right. Um, she, that might indicate a less combative personality type. Um, but what you're saying with, uh, with her father, I'm kind of, it's intriguing because now I'm thinking, oh my God, are they going to be super powered? Uh, so what are the challenges that, you know, what are the challenges that you think she will face um, that will, you know, fly in the face of her being a doctor, you know, healing as opposed to uh, killing? <laughs> right. I think, I think doctors, my, my dad is a doctor. Um, he's a forensic pathologist. Um, and I think when it comes to doctors, they have a certain sense of if they stick by the books everything may or may not be okay but you need to stick stick to the books um you have all of this book knowledge in your head and all of these theories and and, and all of these facts that you think are facts and if you stick to them you know everything will be okay or if you lose the patient it's because the pa it's the patient's time to go it wasn't necessarily because of you so i think and there's a sense of control in that in that thinking so i think with shayla 
and being in the apocalypse and the zombie apocalypse and having to deal with all of these, you know, circumstances and situations that she, that she's never in a million years ever thought that she would ever be in, she has to kind of lose control on a certain end, but also gain control in that she has to do what she has to do to make sure that she and her sister survive. So I think it's that balance of losing the control that you have as far as book smarts and what the books tell you are going to happen, losing that, but still gaining a sense of control. Like I am my own person. I, you know, it's up to me to make sure I survive, whether I stick to the books or not. Okay, Latanya, go ahead with your questions. All right. um, Well, I completely agree about the whole Michonne comment. Um, For me, I had been waiting for a Michonne to happen since 28 Days Later. Yes, yes. Yes. I love that movie. Oh, my God. It's a great movie. So the fact that, like, Surviving the Dead is happening is very exciting for me. And um, I'm just curious to know where you are in the production phase. Like, are you already shooting? Like, where are you as far as... We're still in. We are still in the pre-production phase. We're looking to start shooting in December, um, before Christmas, and a little bit after Christmas. We're looking. Our, our it's going to be a really short shoot. We have seven episodes for the first season, so we're looking to have either six or seven shooting days. And God willing, I will have um, the first episode up and ready to post um, immediately after the new year. Um, But we're looking at locations, we're still casting, we're trying to stretch this $20,000 budget because we raised over $10,000 on Indiegogo. I'm funding the other half myself, and even with $20,000 for what we're trying to shoot with the actors we want to have, with the locations and the crew, it's it's never enough money, so we're trying to stretch every dollar that we have. Um, but it's still, it's really exciting. It's still really exciting. This is only my second opportunity to direct. I'm not going to be in the show. I'm actually directing the show. Um, for those of you who are familiar with my YouTube channel, you know we did our first web series, Almost Home. Um, I wrote and created season one and two of Almost Home, but I also directed season two. Um, so this is my second time directing. Um, we have some of you know, some amazing actors that have agreed to be a part of the show, like Cynthia McWilliams from um, Husbands of Hollywood, and she also guest starred on Almost Home Season 2. She's going to be our Shayla. We are casting for our Lucy. We're actually casting for a few smaller roles this weekend, and I have to contact some of the actors to let them know you need to be here this weekend to audition. Um, So that's kind of where we are. We're looking for locations. We've been on these crazy scouts at these crazy locations and ranches and farms and all that kind of stuff so it's really exciting it's really exciting and I just got the storyboards back which I've never had a storyboard artist before so it's really exciting it's getting it's getting really exciting so that's that's where we are but we are going to be shooting in December awesome Wow. So, it, I mean, it sounds like you've got some top tier production going on. You've got a storyboard artist. You've got well-known actors being a part of this. Um, do you see it expanding higher or broader than a web series? Are you going to take this uh, series and maybe try to pitch it to a TV network or maybe even make it as a feature film? Um, maybe not a feature feature film, but I would love to shop this show. I'm kind of, I have to be honest with you, like, I'm kind of hooked on the online space and the digital space between Hulu and Netflix and 
Google and all these other places that are kind of, I guess, developing and producing original content for their web shows. I'm kind of hooked on that space, but obviously I'm not opposed to shopping the show or any of my shows. But my main thing, because I'm still an actress, like I still audition, I haven't given that up. Whether I get, you know, a show as an actor or not, I'm I'm always going to do my web series, whether it's this, whether it's another show, whether it's Almost Home Season 3. Like, that's kind of my goal as a black woman in this business and not just being an actress, but also being a content creator. I'm always, always going to produce original content starring women of color on my YouTube channel. And I just want my channel to grow. I really want my channel to grow. And whatever happens because of that or after that, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm open, open to all options and all, you know, I'm open to anything, really. I'm open to anything. But one thing is for sure is that I'm always going to create content on my YouTube channel for my YouTube channel. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts, kind of going back to representation, <clears throat> what are your thoughts about black women in horror and sci-fi and the fact that there's a huge disparity there? Um, I mean, I can only think of a handful of movies and TV shows, and we're just kind of yeah. recently seeing them happening now. But what's your personal thoughts about why there's such a lack of representation and even some of the TV tropes that are sort of put on black women that we see on reality TV shows and just various shows today? Well, I think women in general are severely underrepresented in horror. I mean, we all know the stereotypical blonde girl with big boobs and cut off shorts running in the woods and she trips on everything and the killer kills her because she's falling and she's really slow and <laughs> her, finds her and kills her so that's for white women so if white women are being done like that i mean black women aren't even in the conversation like right so we can't even really be surprised because most of these horror movies are being written by white dudes so they're right. not even in their in their mind in their you know their their fantasy land we're not even in their fantasy land so i think that's why it's up to black people and specifically black women to start creating some of these shows. And I was watching, um, I was watching a show recently and they said that black people aren't really into thriller or horrors and all of that. We're really religious. And I just kind of thought to myself, wait, what, what, what are you talking about? Of course, not we're at into all. Thriller. Like, what are you talking about? Of course we're into science fiction and thriller and fantasy and, and, and Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and I can't wait for the new Hobbit to come out. Like, what are you talking about? Of course we're into this stuff. Like, you can't put us into a box just like you can't put white people into a box. So how you can even say, make the statement of what black people are or aren't into, like, what are you talking about? And, yeah. you know, so I'm really kind of excited to... I guess show people, especially people who aren't necessarily into sci-fi and, and, and thriller, because I've gotten a lot of those tweets. Like, I'm not really into sci-fi, but I can't wait for your show. Like, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in getting them and, and showing them what sci-fi is and what thriller is. And it's not, you know, it's not what you think it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's entertainment just like everything else. So we're, we're into anything. We're into everything. And as far as how we're represented on TV, I think we're in a really interesting time. Mm -hmm. A year ago, um, I would have said that 
you know, we're not being represented properly on TV, but I can't really say that anymore with like, not only scandal, but with how to get away with murder with, Mm -hmm. um, American horror story, which to be honest, I kind of like the last season better than this season, but I'm going to give this season a little bit of a a chance. (laughs) I don't like how they feel. I know. Right. (laughs) I don't like, I haven't seen the last episode. I have to catch up, but with that and with blackish and, even with some of the auditions I've been getting, it seems like networks are desperate to get black content. And I actually did an HBO pilot last year that wasn't picked up. Um, and I know of four different um, web series people who have like popular web series on YouTube or on their websites or whatever, who have been in you know works with HBO. So even HBO is like desperate to find black content and I feel it's kind of the same thing with network TV because we are unfortunately I hate to use this word but trendy but that's how the networks kind of look at it with right. Olivia Pope and with how to get away with murder and with being Mary Jane and you know we're kind of trendy right now so you know that's that's kind of where we are right now that's kind of where we are but I feel like unless we have more black people and black women and women of color in general in the creative space making these shows able to green light these shows it's always going to be a trend instead of just the norm Mm -hmm. so that's what we need to get to yeah and you know trends come and go so right right that's important. I'm glad you brought that up. That's important to point out that it does appear to be trendy right now, but yeah. I think that we need to focus and sort of take advantage of this moment by creating more content and working to be behind the scenes to still create some diverse content out there. Because in addition to what you had mentioned, Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, we also have Sleepy Hollow, which is a yes, really great show you. too. Yes. Yeah. And Gotham. And Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Totally. So yeah. that's what I mean. Like we're 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 hot right now. We're hot yeah. right now. So it but it's about being more than just hot and it's about making it the regular shit to go to. The regular right. you yeah, know what I mean? It. Keeping yeah. it consistent too. Thank yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um before I toss it over to Delay for his question, I wanna go to Twitter. We got a question from Lakia. Her Twitter name is Pirate Jenny. She mm-hmm. asks <laughs> she's curious about the soundtrack for the show. What ideas are in the works? Um, well, as you guys know, we did a soundtrack for Almost Home Season 1 and Season 2, and we're really excited for the Surviving the Dead uh, soundtrack. Obviously, it's going to be different because the genres are totally different, but all of the music will be original. We might do a soundtrack, um, a soundtrack, uh, I don't know, we're still kind of figuring out that now, figuring that out now, but we're really kind of excited for it. It's kind of a new terrain for us as far as the kind of music we're gonna do the you know all of that so you know look out for it look out for it it's gonna be amazing and it's gonna fit the show perfectly um and i'm really excited about it so look out for it all right delay go ahead um okay my next question it's it's clear that support is a huge part of what makes this and other indie projects like it work um, you know, what are the other things that, that we as the fans can do to get the word out and keep the ball rolling um, from this end? I think uh, you just have to tell your friends and family when you find great shows online. Because even the digital space is still fairly new. 
even though YouTube has been around since what 2006 2007 as far as creating original content and especially content geared towards people of color it, and black people it's still fairly new so people are just now within the last year year and a half catching on to web series so I think when you find something that you like it's important to share it with your friends and family because when you have a show like uh, for instance almost home if I go to shop it to someone they're gonna look at the numbers and they're they're gonna look at how many people have watched the show and they're gonna look at how many people like the show so if you find a show that you like and you don't share it well you might be taking away from the numbers and that's all these studios and networks and everybody kind of looks at um, but then that's also a part of the hustle and grind right you you working and you doing shows like this to kind of spread the word and 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 work your show basically you're your own publicist so it's just about creating good content that people like. And it's a lot slower than, obviously, if you were on a network or even uh, Netflix and Hulu because they have way more money to be able to market to people and, and promote and all that. So it's really about the hustle and grind. And at the end of the day, it's about the story. If your story is good, it may take a little longer. You know, you promoting it on your own on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or Tumblr or whatever but if it's a good story, it will get around. So what I would say is if you find a show that you like that's a good show, share it. Cool. Um, another question, you know, after Marvel um, and also Black Panther film, Blurds and quite a few white nerds as well, you know, went nuts. Um, given, do you think that given the right amount of support, indie projects headed up by black filmmakers can challenge the so-called big guns? Um, in, in the filmmaking arena? It's kind of hard to say, but I will say as far as right now, there there aren't a lot of rules in the digital space. Now, I'm quite certain that's going to change very soon because of how just vast the Internet is and how many people are on, and especially because of how many black people are on. We, we, we're online more than anybody else. We watch more TV than anybody else. Um, yet we're still the most underrepresented. So could we get to the point to where we could challenge um, some of these big Marvel films? I mean, it's a it's a huge feat when you think about it, but I don't see why not, because yeah. everybody's already online. The same people who are going to see Black Panther are online as well. So, And when you see a movie like Black Panther, you're going to want to see consistently... Uh, shows or movies like that starring black people because when you go see Black Panther with a, a black man in the lead and he's strong and he's not a fucking Tyrese and he's you know <laughs> doing everything that he needs to do and he's uh... all of that you can't just leave that movie and go home to your regular house and turn on TV and not see characters like that you're mm -hmm. gonna want to see characters like that a lot more you know yeah. so I think this is the perfect time for original content creators of color to get in where they fit in as far as the digital space and create the content that people want to see. That's why people are online because they are not seeing what they want to see on TV because they don't feel represented on TV and film, you know, and I don't even think we need to wait for Black Panther. I think obviously I'm going to go see it, but I don't even think we need to wait for that. Why do we need to wait for that? Um, you know, we could do it on our own. It's a lot more work that way. You have to find the money. You have to find the actors. You have to make it feel authentic and real and good like we expect the Black Panther is going to be. And that's the other challenge because when people think of web series, especially 
when you when you put black in front of anything, people always think it's going to be less than, not as good right. as black, cheesy, corny, especially when you put black thriller, black sci-fi, they really think mm-hmm. it's going to be funny. You know, so so you have to put in that extra effort to make it fantastic. And a lot of people are intimidated and scared of that, but I say go go for it. Go for it. We need it. We need it. Why can't we be superheroes? Why can't we be? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll toss it over to you, Latanya. Um, all right. So I noticed that you're very vocal on Twitter, and um, you have a great, um, a great, I guess. Oh, you're asking my question. Yeah. Oh, am I really? Yeah, that's okay. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Go, go on. Go on about how great I am on Twitter. <laughs> and, that you, and that you basically have a really good, um, you know, communication with your fans and followers. With that said, do you feel that social media has changed the platform of how independent Black artists promote and amplify their content? Like, we're- absolutely. Absolutely, because even when I did my first um, crowdfunding, my first Indiegogo for Almost Home season one, we launched an Indiegogo in 2012. And back then, crowdfunding was not as big as it is now. And it especially was not as big as it is now for black artists. So even, you know, doing that and, and stepping out of my comfort zone as this actress that you've seen on TV and film for 15 plus 20, 20 years, stepping out of my comfort zone and saying, hey, people, I need some money to make this happen. Even getting over that hump was a challenge in itself. So being able to do that and launch the Indiegogo campaign without even a clip of Almost Home Season 1, without a cast, without anything, just my word that I have this vision of the show that I think is going to be great and we need to start creating our own content. We can't wait for anybody. Even just doing that was a huge thing. And we wound up raising uh, about $14,000, which was huge for me. I mean, most people know me, even though I've been working since the parenthood, most people still only know me from the parenthood. And, you know, I'm not an A-list. I'm not, you know... a a huge movie star I'm just a tv star that a lot of people know from the 90s so even being able to do that was was a huge deal for me um and being able to do a season one and season two and now we're on for for surviving the dead so it's it's absolutely crucial especially because when it comes to twitter that's when I'm on mostly Twitter is like my wife, Instagram, uh, Tumblr. Those are like my mistresses. Like Twitter is my (laughs) wife. And I'm on Twitter every day, every minute. And because so many, Twitter is dominated by black people. The numbers will tell you Twitter is dominated by black people. So when it comes to promoting your project to black people or finding out what's hip or whatever, Twitter is where you go. Ask Applebee's, ask IHOP, ask you know, all of these corporations that are tweeting all of these, you know, uh, uh, what, uh, words that are in now, like, (laughs) and all of that, like, Applebee's is tweeting fleek, and it's like, turn it up, yes, like, Applebee's, (laughs) your Facebook page does not look like your, your Twitter page, you know, so they know exactly who's on Twitter, and so does everybody else, so it's all about capitalizing. So if you're doing a show that's about people of color or starring people of color and black people, 
where else would you go but Twitter? And and I think for me, I've been on Twitter since 2009. Um, and it just so happened that, you know, people have kind of been drawn to me. I have no idea why. And my Twitter numbers aren't even really that huge. But I, you know, I love Twitter. I Twitter's like my, my third kid. Like, I, I love Twitter. I, I can't see myself ever giving it up. And as long as I've been on Twitter, I, I it gets more interesting for me every single day. Um, so it's like, and you see now, like, TV shows and movies, you can't, you, you have to have a Twitter account. Yep. You have to have a Twitter account. And it wasn't even like that even, what, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So, right. And I think Scandal is one of the first shows who realized how yes. popular and amazing and powerful Twitter is. So now yeah. everybody else catching on and and you know it's only a smart business it's smart business and you need to be in touch with your fans anyway yes well i'll tell you why um you know you're very popular on twitter because you engage yeah and i think that's the key thing and certainly for you you're, you're someone that's in hollywood that's in the industry and sometimes i see a lot of well a lot of times i see celebrities that don't even engage at all they'll either just put out promotional yeah. tweets um and occasionally they may uh tweet here and there but i think it's important celebrities do engage with their fans because yeah. that's a, the best way that they can get a lot of constructive feedback about the work that they do. I mean, outside of those trolls, but also it, it gives fans the opportunity to just be able to really respect the artists that they look at, whether it's on TV or film or digital media or print. So I think it's important to engage. And even if you're not a celebrity, I I just feel like engagement on Twitter is, is a really um, crucial thing and I, I don't have a whole lot of followers either but I love to engage with every person that tweets yeah. with me just because it's it's fun <laughs> and, I, I th- and I, I think too uh, actors are so kind of not controlled but at, at, at but some, but you kind of are when it comes to your agents and your managers you you hear so many stories of especially now of actors and musicians, whatever, saying the wrong thing on Twitter and getting dragged Mm. on Twitter. Like, that's a real thing that people are afraid of. And when it comes to someone like me, right? So I'm a black woman. I'm an actress. So I'm tweeting about my shows and all that. But I'm also going to tweet about feminism and being a black feminist and racism that Obama experiences and all of these taboo issues that your agent and manager who don't really know you or give a fuck about you anyway, they're really going to tell you not to talk about this kind of stuff. So they're really, really late in the game as far as how powerful social media is, right? They don't even, it's just now that agents and managers are kind of realizing, okay, this is kind of powerful. And if we use it the right way, then we'll get, you know, the, the result that we want. But if our person starts, you know, going rogue and talking about other issues, and if you have a black woman, she's going to talk about black issues. She's going to talk about woman issues. So that already gives agents and managers and studios kind of a pause, you know what I mean? But you have somebody like Jesse Williams, who's on one of the number one shows on TV. He's always talking about Mike Brown. He's always talking about Trayvon. He's always talking about racial disparities and, 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 uh, structural racism and all this kind of stuff. So that shows that you can talk about real issues as well as your project because you cannot just be promoting your project. 
That's not how it works. Now, right. a lot of people do that, and that's fine. But the point of Twitter and being on social media, a lot of other shit is happening besides your show that comes on every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Exactly. A lot of other shit is happening. So yeah. if you're not able to comment on those things, a lot of people aren't aren't going to take you seriously. Now, they might like you in this show and all that, and some people want you to just stay there and just stay on your show and just be an actor, and we don't want to hear what you have to say politically, but that's not who I am. That's not who I am. And I think I was lucky when I got on Twitter that I was on the Cleveland show. And we know Family Guy and Seth MacFarlane, they're asses. Like, they're jackasses. <laughs> and they do all kind of uh, politically incorrect shit. So nobody was really caring about what I was saying about Obama and about, you know what I mean? So I think mm -hmm. I was lucky in that I got into Twitter at, at that time when I was on, you know, a Seth MacFarlane show. Whereas it might have been different if I was the star of an ABC show or a show that was on, you know, network television. Now, they wouldn't have been able to tell me to shut up, but I probably would have had my phone ringing a lot more talking about the tweets I tweeted last night or, or whatever. So, you know, I think that's that's the difference. I think a lot of people are hesitant for good reason, because a lot of people, yeah. you know, we want celebrities to talk about a lot of things and then when celebrities do talk we're like you know what they need to shut up like you know so <laughs> we, you know we can't really expect celebrities to 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 talk about a lot of other things that that are happening so you know i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're so on point with that I want to go to Twitter. Since we're talking about Twitter, let's go to Twitter. Um, I've got a tweet from Jamar, Marmar82. He says, can you do us a favor, Reagan? When casting Surviving the Dead, can you give Robert Townsend a role? You uh. know what? It's so funny. I called him. I called him for a role, but he's in the, midding, in the middle of, of pitching a show. Um, so he's not going to be able to do it. Um, but I actually talked to him on the phone last week and we're supposed to have dinner um, after the show is wrapped and I want to show it to him. But I'm already, we're, look, we're, we're, we're already there. Like I, that he was, I thought of him immediately for a specific role, but he's not able to do it. So we'll see what happens in the future. But you know, Robert Townsend is a content creator as well. He's not just an actor and he's one of the first mm -hmm. people that I learned from you know I, I got the parenthood when I was 14 and I was off the Greyhound bus from Philly I lived in Philly uh, before I moved to LA and I just graduated the eighth grade and I was um, going back and forth to New York doing independent films here and there. I was a, prouder, a part of um, a theater program in Philly. So I knew I wanted to be an actor. And my mama was like, let's take the Greyhound bus to L.A. and see what happens. And I wound up booking a Disney movie, Freaky Friday, which was the Freaky Friday of 1994, not the one that Lizzie Lohan was in. And I booked The Parenthood like a month later. So that's kind of how that happened. And Watching Robert um, going from season one, uh, looking at Parenthood season one versus Parenthood even season two, there were so many drastic differences. We completely swapped producers, and it was just a whole big thing. The WB was this new network, um, you know, and even watching him work, watching him, you know, direct, watching him you know, bring in comedians that no one had ever heard of before, like Faison Love and a million other people, Kelly Perrine, and and watching him, you know, tell the network, like, there's this really hot rapper named The Brat, like, we need to have her on the show, and Shaheem, like, you know, just watching him work and, and 
seeing what he would tolerate and wouldn't tolerate, it really set the foundation for me as a content creator as far as what I will accept and what I won't accept. Um, so he was a great person to work with. Um, I was so lucky to have that job as my first job, especially being a kid. And I was so lucky to have that job as my first job because after the parenthood was over and I went to other sets and saw how other sets did it and actors and directors fist fighting and, and directors being cussed out and actors walking out. And it was like, oh, really? This this is really how it is, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> like I was really, I was really sheltered and I'm grateful for it. Um, but yeah, I had a great time working with him and I asked him to be a part of it, but he's, he's really, really busy. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Nice. All right. Delay. <clears throat> um, just one more question. I may have a couple of others after because <laughs> talking to you is, is kind of blowing my mind right now because, you know, you're a huge geek and I'm like loving it over here. Um, but when, when this, when, when, um, your project wraps and I'm speaking into into being and I'm giving it life, um, are you going to, you know, you already talked about staying on the web kind of and loving the digital forum, but is there even a possibility of wanting to shop it around to networks or festivals to pick up a bit more support and then maybe get a bit more wider distribution, not necessarily Absolutely. in the U S but outside? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, when we talk about shopping it, like, the reason I haven't, okay, so so this is how I even dis decided to do web series. I've been writing for a really long time. My mom is a published author. And when we talk about The Parenthood, I actually co-wrote, um, I actually wrote a script when I was 16 years old, and I gave it to the producers of The Parenthood, and they loved it. And they had one of their writers kind of tweak my, uh, my show, and they made it into, I don't know if people remember, but there was an episode where Zaria wore a revealing outfit to a dance, and this guy um, almost raped her and all this crazy stuff. So that was kind of inspired from my idea. So I've been writing for a really long time. And The Parenthood ended when I was 18. And 18 is kind of that weird age where, especially for me, I have a baby face. So even though I was 18, I literally still looked like I was 14. Um, so I wrote scripts and characters and stories up until my 20s. Um, and I wrote these characters and these scripts and stories because I wrote characters that I wish I could audition for. I wrote stories that I wish I could audition for that I wasn't auditioning for. So I would give things to my manager and my agent here and there, um, and they would say, oh, that's cute, whatever, and I never really did anything with it. It wasn't until I had my daughter in 2007 that I really, you know, tried to go full force with some of these stories and scripts that I had, and I started taking meetings with some of these big people that I had worked with and they all kind of liked my stuff, but it seemed to end with them liking my stuff when it came time to actually shop it to studios. We never really got to that point. So after years of, of, of doing that and being a mom and whatever, I decided to go the YouTube route. Um, in that case, you don't have any network or studio telling you what you can and you can't do. You raise the money, you shoot, and you post. So that's why I'm here right now. So it's not like I haven't been shopping stuff. I have been shopping stuff, but I'm a Taurus, and I'm a control freak, and I don't have time to fucking waste. <laughs> And I'm going to shoot it and I'm going to post it on my own. So if you come back now interested in what I'm doing, we're more on a level playing field because I'll have, you know, an audience that's already into 
the work that I'm producing or into, you know, the content that I'm producing or into just what I'm doing in general. Um, so I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm, I'm open to all of it. But my main concern is being truthful and being honest in representing women of color. That's awesome. It's beautiful. That is awesome. Platanya, any other questions? Yeah. Um, so on the same, like, I guess, page as shopping it around, do you think you're going to be doing any um, horror movie conventions? I would love to. I would love to. Listen, I'm um, even with the the Cleveland show. The first convention I went to was Comic Con in San Diego, and I'd never been before. We wound up going four year, three or four years, and I loved it. I would love to go to some horror uh, convention. I would. I would absolutely love to. Y'all just hit me up on Twitter, Reagan Gomez on Twitter, and let me know where. Um, I would absolutely love to go. That'd be awesome. What a great con to go to. Your first con is San Diego Comic Con. It was so <laughs> like dope. It was oh my God, it was so dope. So wait, me and my husband are in the car going and we're like, wait, is this comic books? What is this? Like the Cleveland show is in a comic book. What what is this? And we get there and there are adults dressed in science fiction character wardrobe and costume. It was awesome. It was so awesome. And then we do our panel the Cleveland show panel and it was packed. It was so so packed. We couldn't even walk around and see like, what is this, this comic con thing? It was like that for four years straight. It was like that literally. So when I watched like the walking dead and like, I remember, uh, Oh God! What was that vampire movie that all the teenagers liked and was so annoying? They were there one year and like, so it's not just about comic books. Like they have right. like TV shows. Like they have movies there, and it was crazy. I loved it. I, I, it was the best. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So I definitely wouldn't be opposed to doing um, a horror convention, which I've never been to, but I, I, I already know I would love it. That's awesome. What? Um, because you had mentioned earlier that you know you're married, you have a family, and here you are doing the films as well. So, what advice do you have for budding filmmakers that want to balance that work, family, um, that work-life balance with uh, starting their own content, whether it be films or whether it be comic books or being a writer, and also being able to balance family at the same time any advice for for young content creators out there that's that it's it's, i would say it's never the the right or perfect time you just have to do it like literally my son is in the next room taking a nap and i'm praying to god he doesn't wake up in the middle (laughs) of this my daughter i'm in my closet right now with the door closed my daughter is out there watching mr peabody on the dvd like it's you just have to do it you just have to do it and i have an amazing husband he's he's in the room with my son trying to keep him sleep so it's not like i'm here by myself but you just have to do it you have you have to do it you know you only get one life and and i remember at the beginning of the year on twitter i i made a commitment like a new year's uh resolution that i was going to do two web series this and we already did Almost Home Season 2, and now we're doing Surviving the Dead. So I keep contact with some of the other, you know, content creators and indie producers and directors that I talk to at the beginning of the year, like, how are you coming along? How are you coming along? Because a year can go by so fast. A year can go by so fast, and the next thing you know, it's two years and five years and ten years, and you're looking at yourself like, 
why didn't I do this? You just have to do it. It's never going to be the perfect time. It's never going to be the perfect opportunity. You just have to take advantage of the opportunities that you are given. And if you go on um, a crowdfunding site and you're trying to raise money and you don't raise all the money, which we have been through, um, you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out because at the end of the day, the most important thing is your content and you want to be truthful and honest and represent your people the way you think you need to represent them in whatever genre, you know, that is. So I just say you, you have to do it, make it happen. Awesome. With, uh, your project now that, uh, and you also have a YouTube series with, with other projects, what, well, first of all, you had, um, another project, I think it's, it's called Almost Home. Yes, season one yeah. and season two, yes. Yes. So what what inspired you? Because I, I did take um, a look at, at that web series. And by the way, the cinematography on that is excellent. I, I really yeah. love the production value on that. What what inspired you to do Almost Home? Well, I had just uh, written a short film called This Time. You guys could check out This Time on my YouTube channel with um, director Matthew Cherry who uh, is a director. You guys know him from The Last Fall with Lance Gross and Nicole Barry from uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yep. We actually were talking on, we were ranting on Twitter about Black Hollywood and what Black Hollywood needs to do and doesn't need to do and where we're lacking. So we wound up doing this short film called This Time, which you guys can check, up on, check out on my YouTube channel. By the way, Reagan Gomez is my YouTube channel. You guys subscribe to that, Reagan mm -hmm. Gomez. Um, and after that, um, I was like, I, 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 it was my first time sitting in the producer's chair. I produced it. I wrote it. I starred in it. Um, I didn't direct it. And it was my first time sitting in the producer's chair and I really liked it. I really liked it. So I wound up creating, um, Almost Home and Almost Home is based on my family. I have a very musical family. My husband is a music producer. He's been in the business for a really long time. He was signed to Michael Jackson when he was younger. He was in a group called Quo. After that, he modeled for uh, Versace and Vogue and French Vogue, like big time modeling in the 90s. And my brother is uh, an indie musician. His mixtape actually comes out uh, November 10th. Dewan Turrentine, you guys look him up. And my sister-in-law, Queen, is a musician. So I have this very musical family. Um, and the show was really based on them. The show is about Lisa, my character, and her brother, Dewan. They leave Chicago after the death of their mother. Um, and they moved to Southern Cali and they find new, uh, I guess, new career paths that they want to, that they're interested in, in going into. And my younger brother, Duan, he decides to be a singer and we have him on the show. Um, and I'm Lisa, my character is a stylist. So it's all about the things that we go through and how family I guess, sticks together after a tragedy. I have a brother. It's just me and my brother. So I've seen so many um, depictions of sisters and black sisters and the Kardashians and all that. I've never seen a brother and sister uh, relationship on TV, um, especially after a tragedy. Uh, so the show was really about, you know, how this brother and sister black family stick together after a tragedy, like losing their mother and moving to a new state and starting a new life. Um, and thinking that you have started this new life and you have a lot of things going for you. Um, but in life, you still have ups and downs. And are you guys going to stay close or are you guys going to drift apart as a lot of families do? So that's what Almost Home um, tackles. And we have season one where my younger brother wants uh, a music deal and season two where he actually is signed. 
Um, and we see that being a new artist isn't all glitz and glamour. And a lot of times you, that's when the real hard work begins. So, you know, that's what Almost Home season one and season two was about. And we were lucky that, you know, it took off and it was a success. Um, Matthew Cherry directed season one. Um, I directed season two. Um, I wrote and created both seasons, and now we're back with Surviving the Dead. So it's just about keeping the, the content going, keeping it going, and and not allowing people to put you in a box. Um, we can do it all. Content creators can do it all. We do all genres, and, 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 and it's really exciting. It's exciting. I have a question. Why do you think so many aspiring like creatives and content creators, especially black content creators, give up on their dream? Like, why do you think they just stop Cause I altogether? Because I think because I think life comes at you. I think people are working their real nine to five jobs, trying to pay the bills, and and you know it it can definitely become difficult. It can definitely be difficult. Um, and you know it, when it when it comes to artists. Because we're artists, right? We, mm-hmm. we writers, directors, musicians, we're all artists. And you already have that stereotypical view of what artists are. We don't make no money. We're poor. We're all this kind of stuff. And a lot of that shit is true. A lot of that shit is true. So if you're living a day-to-day and you have a mortgage or you have rent and you have kids and you have real life, it can mm-hmm. very easily, you can push your dreams aside and just say, forget it. Especially if you, you, you don't have the support of your family. If you don't live somewhere like New York or L.A. If you live mm-hmm. somewhere like, I don't know, Wisconsin or Montana or whatever, and no one you know is trying to make films or whatever, it can seem so out of touch, so out of reality that you just give up. I mean, hell, there are even people in L.A. who who've given up because it is that hard. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. that hard. Um, yeah. It's difficult, especially for content creators of color, especially for women, especially for women of color content mm-hmm. creators. It's mm-hmm. so hard. It's so difficult. Life gets in the way, but you just have to, you have to push through it. You have to push through it. A lot of people aren't meant to do this because they, they a lot of people want the, and it's the same with being an actor. A lot, You know, these kids nowadays, they see that, with a lot of these reality stars, you can be famous for doing nothing. And mm-hmm. that's why you want to be an actor. Well, do you want to be an actor because you want to be famous? Or do you want to be an actor because of the art? Because you mm-hmm. want to act. Because there's so many actors out there who are making an okay living and you have no idea who they are. Is that what you want to be? Or do you want to be a Kardashian? And it's no shade to the Kardashians, but there's a lot. there are a lot of people out there who are hooked on fame. They want the fame. They don't want the art. They want the fame. They don't want the hard work. They want the fame. They don't want the longevity or the career. So mm-hmm. you have to make that. You have to make that choice. And even when you do have, you know, someone like myself, for instance, who's already been on a TV show, who's already been in movies um, that have been in, you know, the movie theaters or whatever, I'm still hustling. It's still a grind. It's mm-hmm. still a grind. I'm thankful for these Cleveland show residuals, goddammit, because <laughs> shit is real. You know what I mean? This, this, this shit is very real. Like, none of us are rich around here. None of us can afford to miss a paycheck and all of that. So, I can, even with these Cleveland show residuals, I, it, it's still not easy. It is not fucking easy. And I can see how people can be like, you know what? I can't do it. I cannot do it. I see it. It's it's it, life comes at you, and it's it's not easy. It is not easy. Mm. Wow. Do you find? Because I'm just thinking about what you just said. Do you find that um, in Black Hollywood is it more 
supportive than um, being outside of that with the with the independent circuit, or is it the opposite? Do you see that everybody's kind of fending for themselves and making sure that they're taken care of, and there's not a whole lot of solidarity in the community? Well, I have to be honest with you. I work with a lot of people, and I, I talk to none of these people on a regular basis. I really don't. Um, so I'm probably not the best one to ask that question. I don't know. I don't know what other people are doing. I have I have no idea. Like, I li- literally, I live, like, an hour outside of L.A. It's me, my husband, and my kids. Like, you know, I'm at, you know, my kids' soccer games and, and my son's preschool. And that's what I've that's that's what I do. I don't go to a lot of Hollywood functions. That's that's never been me. That's never been me. So I have no idea what everybody else is doing. I hope, I really, really hope that other people kind of get on this page if they're not already on the page. But if they are on the page, I'm totally supportive. Anything I see on Twitter or Instagram, I'm always retweeting. I'm always supportive because I think if one person makes it, that makes it easier for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very, very supportive. I have great relationships with people that I've worked with, but I don't talk to people on a regular basis. So I don't know what they're doing. I'm not waiting to see what they're doing. I'm not waiting for any kind of approval or validation or whatever. I'm, I'm just doing, it's not even doing me because I'm, I have a bigger picture. You know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. find undiscovered, um, um, black women, uh, actors out there. I want to find black women DPs. I want to find, yes black women producers out there um so that that's what i'm thinking about you know what i mean i can't yeah. wait on what other people are thinking or what other people are doing or if they'll like what i'm saying or what i can't i'm i'm grown i'm not i'm not waiting for anybody you know that that that, that kind of um got a question in my mind going like how tough is it to avoid these sort of Tyler Perry expectations from mm. uh, Hollywood insiders and actors and other people who, you know, I guess, you know, they, they you meet with them and they like your vibe and then they ask, you know, what are you working on? And you say, I'm working on this sci-fi project. And they kind of, you, you kind of get that look like, I don't want to do that. I'm, you know, I want to be famous. I want to do, you know, a Tyler Perry-ish kind of, which is why what you're doing in programs like Blackish is so important. Right. Well, they're, I think... they're throwing those out of the window, but, you know. Right. Well, uh, well, I think it's kind of goes back to what I said. You can't really be, um, you can't really care what people think when it. You know what I mean? You can't really care what people think. You can't really care what. And even if it's it's, it, even if it's the fans to some degree, because when the show comes out, and ninety percent of your fans are telling you it sucks, then they might be on to something. Your shit might actually suck, but. <laughs> no, but at at some point you kind of do have to be in your own head about I have to make stuff that I like and you have to be so narrow-minded in the creative process because if you start thinking I have to do stuff that other people like then you're going to start being uh you're not going to be honest with with the vision that you have and you're going to start copying other people it's like the radio with songs like if one song works then music producers and, and music execs are telling everybody you need to make a song like that instead of letting the person be um, organic and make the music that they want to make. So you kind of have to tune people out at a certain extent. And, like, I don't ask you for your opinion because I don't give a fuck about your opinion. Whether you like my shit or not, I'm going to make my shit. And the people will tell me if they like it. And that's all that matters. I hope that answers your question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Reagan, you keep it real. Can I just say? <laughs> I mean, you really do. And like everybody on Twitter is like, I'm waving my church fan. <laughs> Pastor Reagan, she is preaching right now. Like you really said some on point stuff. So thank you so much for coming on. Really, uh-huh. this this was such a gem listening to your advice, your wisdom. Um, just before we go, just tell us again where we can learn more about your videos and through YouTube and uh, when we can hear more about your project Surviving the Dead. Absolutely. So you guys can follow me on Twitter, Reagan Gomez on Twitter, Reagan Gomez everywhere on YouTube, on Instagram, on Tumblr. I post videos um, about what we're doing, about casting. The last video I post was about casting on my YouTube. And I've been, it's it's so crazy. So many people have reached out to me about casting. I literally only have like three characters to cast. And I'm getting all these amazing people submitting. But I'm holding on to information because, like I said, this is not going to be the last web series I do. This is my second web series. God willing, I will be able to continue making more original content starring people of color. The star star of my shows are always going to be women of color. So I'm really excited about that. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to my YouTube Reagan Gomez on YouTube. Check out uh, season one and two of my first web series, Almost Home. And uh, make sure you check out any new videos that I post to keep you guys updated on how we are coming along for Surviving the Dead. And Surviving the Dead is coming for that ass. (laughs) (laughs) And Reagan live tweets Walking Dead, so you'll you'll see her on Twitter tonight. Like an hour. I have like an hour. Yes. I need to bathe my kids and feed them. And yes, get ready. Get ready. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Reagan, and thank you to Latanya and Delay for co-hosting. No problem. Thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you, Reagan. Yes. Thank you. And next week on our podcast, we are going to have Eric Dean Seaton. He is the creator of Legend of the Montamaji. So it's a new comic book that features characters of color. So please tune in for that Sunday, 7 p.m. next week. Thanks, guys. Take Bye. care. Bye. Take care. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally.